PJ Glasser, Dende, Sunday's bets here on the BetQL Network. 56-51, Ohio State leading Purdue with six and a half minutes to go in the ball game. Already had one top 25 upset today with Florida Atlantic going down to South Florida. And now Purdue might be on the ropes as they try to cut it to a one-possession game. Zach Eady, as you would imagine, having a pretty good game for the Bowlermakers, 18 points. Their defense has stepped up for them, giving them a chance to come back in this game, but they haven't been able to score here in the last couple possessions, and Ohio State's defense is really doing the job here in the last uh, last couple possessions as they get a layup to extend their lead up to seven. First game since the firing of their head coach, Chris Holtman, and uh, Denton, I, it's, it's looking like the Boilermakers might be on upset alert, and if you liked them at plus 700 to win the Natty with how UConn looked yesterday, Something tells me they might be a plus 800 after this game, maybe even higher. It's looking like uh, your boy over here was a little bit of a dummy <laughs> that got in his head just a little too much. I tried to overthink it. You know, I scored big yesterday with Kansas on the road as a favorite against a ranked Oklahoma. I tried to take that same approach with Purdue. The only difference is they're playing a worse team than Oklahoma, but I broke the Cardinal sin. You don't bet on a team that just lost its coach. I, I fell for it. I have egg on my face. Thankfully, that's a metaphor and not literally because that'd be gross. But I got egg on my face and I'm sitting here losing money for like the umpteenth time on freaking Purdue. Always. Why do I do this to myself? Always Purdue, Denton. They are they this is why we perdon't with Purdue on this show. You can just never trust them but yeah that was my handicap it was you know otherwise i really wouldn't have had anything on the game but as soon as i saw holtman was fired i went to see when ohio state's next game was and i said oh really they're giving us purdue they're giving us purdue in columbus i know how this thing goes so we'll see if they can finish the job as uh again they're up seven sixty to 53 with five minutes to play so looking good for the buckeyes they were plus three 50 to start the game trying to pull off the upset also in the genesis invitational den we got some guys making a move how about luke list went eagle on the first hole par on the second hole birdie on the third hole just like that he is tied with patrick cantlay who made a par on the first hole we talked about how important it was to par that first hole can't or birdie that first hole cantlay and list now tied at 14 under and then Zalatoris, 13 under. English, 12 under, along with Xander Shoffley. Uh, So just like that, Luke Liss making it interesting at the Genesis Invitational. He jumps all the way up to plus 320. Cantlay is now a plus 190. Zalatoris remains at plus 450. And Xander Shoffley is plus 600. So what do you think? We knew a guy would make a move. It looks like that guy is Lukeless. There's still a ton of golf left to be played. But what do you think, Denton? Are you buying? Are you buying in the Luke list? Our producer thinks it's all in the name, and uh, he might get it done today. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm buying into him. I do want to point out, by the way, Scotty Scheffler's having a nice round as well. He's not going to be in contention because he was so far back, but he's having a pretty darn good day too. I think this story is nice for now. But I do think eventually Patrick Cantlay is going to turn it on a little bit. I can't imagine that he's going to just uh, sit here away parring and parring and maybe a bogey here, 
hopefully not a double bogey, but sometimes you never know. I can't imagine that's what he is going to look like today just based off of what we've seen this weekend, but now he has a reason to play aggressive. With Luke List charging up the leaderboard, he now in Cantlay has a reason to be aggressive, so I hope that brings out the best of him for the uh, the final stretch. I say final stretch, he's played one hole, but for the final 17 holes. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Can't wait to watch how the uh, the final round of the Genesis Invitational unfolds. Uh, Purdue is down by five now, 62-57. And one opportunity, so a chance to cut into a four-point game with 420 remaining. Dan, we were talking uh, earlier in this hour about some of the teams whose stock were up, some of the teams whose stock were down. I want to throw a couple more SEC teams at you. Let's start with Auburn because... Man, this was a team that a lot of people think has Final Four potential. They are so good at home. College game day was there yesterday. They had Kentucky in the house who was reeling, and they just could not get anything going offensively. And I watch Auburn play. What's so fascinating about them is they honestly have two starting lineups. They play 10 guys that average 15 points or more a game. And usually in college basketball, although depth's great to have, it's rare that a team wins the national title, goes that far when playing that many guys. Now, we did see FAU do that last year, play a bunch of guys. But what are your thoughts on Auburn? Like, do you just kind of throw yesterday out, or was that performance against Kentucky a little eye-opening to you with the Tigers? No, there's no throwing it out. I'm with you. I don't love a 10-man rotation in the NCAA tournament. I think it's great in December or January, but as you get closer to the month of March, and I mean, PJ, we're now, we're, we're not even midway through February. We're like into the portion where it's late February. You got to shorten that rotation up, or at least you have to have some sort of idea if you're Bruce Pearl as to what that shortened rotation is going to look like as you get into the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament. You can't just do it's the middle school approach, right? You got five guys, you sub in uh, every four minutes. So you get everybody equal playing time in middle school. You can't take that approach in the NCAA tournament. As great as you think the chemistry might be, you have to shorten that rotation because you have to let certain guys play longer. And if you're doing the five in, five out thing, your odds are you're taking one of your best players off of the floor for an unnecessary amount of time. Yeah, I'm kind of out on Auburn, if I'm being honest with you. They have one of the best players in the country, and their big man, Jani Broom, but I really don't like their backcourt. Aiden Holloway is a five-star freshman who, you know, he's a five-star. Like, he's got tons of talent, but at the end of the day, he's a true freshman, and he's not as great on the road as he is at home. And then Katie Johnson is just one of those players in college basketball. If he's on your team, you love him. Maybe you honestly don't because he drives you crazy sometimes. But certainly, if he's not on your team, you don't like him. And I just, like, having two guys like that in your backcourt, I just, I don't think it's going to be good for Auburn. So, I was big on them early on in the year. The more that I've gotten to watch and play, and then you start to see as we get late in the season, kind of the young freshman in Holloway, Katie Johnson doing boneheaded stuff, that 10-man rotation, sometimes they play 11. I just, I think I'm out on Auburn. So, not a team for me. Alabama's an interesting team. They're number one in Ken Palm and offensive efficiency, but they're 74th in defense. They just scored 100 points for their eighth time yesterday. They can score, Denton, and there's no doubt about it. My problem with Bama is that they can't beat an elite team away from Tuscaloosa. 
they can play him tight. They played Purdue tough. They played Arizona tough, Creighton tough. Uh, you know, they played all these teams tough, but they lost Tennessee on the road by 20. They lost to Auburn on the road by 20. Bama hasn't Oof. been able to get that marquee win away from home, and they don't play defense. So I uh, I think that could be a team that could be on uh, early upset alert. You know, if they're like a three seed, they could lose to the six or 11 in the second round, might even lose to a 14 seed if they draw the wrong kind of matchup and they're not hitting their threes. They don't have a lot of size uh, to go along with their defense not being great. So. Look, they're a fun watch. They score a bunch of points, and the pace in their games are always awesome. But uh, I just I can't get there with them, Den. As much as I want to, their their defense is not good enough, and they don't have any size. Your thoughts on uh, on Alabama? Well, to an extent, I respect a team that takes the approach of effort will just score more than you. It doesn't work in the NCAA tournament, but I do at least respect it. I've been out on Alabama. I did feel like a little bit of a dummy because I thought Texas A&M was going to get them on Saturday, and boy, they did not. But you're, you're very right. It's very hit or miss if your approach is we're just going to score more than you because you can get away with that when your games are every three days or four days, right? But when you're playing you know, sometimes two games in, in a weekend, two games in, in three days, that momentum doesn't always – it feels like that maybe doesn't always carry over, which feels counterintuitive, right? You would think if you're hot, you're just going to stay hot. But eventually, you are going to fizzle out a little bit. So I don't know if I love this approach from Alabama. I'm not big on Alabama. I don't think they're one of the better teams you know, as far as the SEC is concerned that's going to have the longevity. I'd feel much more comfortable with a team we've already spoken about in Tennessee making a deep run in the NCAA tournament. And we also talked about how we don't really feel all that comfortable uh, with Tennessee making a deep run in the NCAA tournament. So that's kind of where I'm at with it, with Alabama. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Uh, Duke and Carolina. Carolina's 10th in Ken Palm. <laughs> Duke is 11th. I mean, they're pretty much even teams. We saw them play in Chapel Hill. North Carolina was able to win that game. Ever since then, Duke has looked better than UNC has. And I think I'm going to trust Duke more so when we get to the tournament, Denton, like we got to remember, this was a team that they, they're kind of doing this year what they did last year. You know, it was a bumpy start for them at the beginning, and they've played better throughout the year to this point than they did last year. But last year, or remember, like the final month of the year, they got red hot. When the ACC tournament, they were the trendy pick by everybody to make it to the final four. People thought maybe they could win it all, and then they end up losing to Tennessee in the second round. But I like Duke's team this year. It's all going to come down to their point guard, Jeremy Roach. North Carolina, I thought, was really good for like a two-month stretch. Their defense was awesome. But now it's starting to catch up with them a little bit. And I don't know, Dan. There's just something missing with them when I watch them play. So I like Duke more so than Carolina. What say you? Do you, do you are you starting to get a little bit of Oregon-Washington vibes from these two teams? To where, mm. where Washington beat Oregon and then everybody, including uh, this four-eyed freak, uh, thought that Oregon was going to destroy them yeah, in the next matchup. But that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from UNC and Duke. UNC hasn't been good since they beat Duke, but I think I'll still lean reluctantly. I think I'll still lean with the Tar Heels as a team that will make a deeper run in the NCAA tournament, certainly when they meet again. Good call. Yeah, I like that comp. Oregon, Washington, Duke, UNC. I think that's that's pretty much spot on. So we'll see. Those teams meet up again in a couple weeks in Durham. Purdue only down by four now. 65-61, three minutes, seven seconds remaining. Now it's a three-point game after a free throw. Uh, 
Purdue also has the big advantage. They're in the double bonus, and they've only committed four team fouls on defense. So they're in a good spot. They're also 20 for 20 from the free throw line and still trailing by three. We'll see if Ohio State can hang on. Fourth and final hour of Sunday's bets upcoming. Time to talk some NFL. Couple of big names on the free agency market quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Denton Day, PJ Glasser. We break that down next here. Sunday's bets on the BetQL Network.